O Lord, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be ever-pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. All right, so I'm going to start out with a question. Um, did anybody, uh, our lectionaries, the four scriptures we read from every Sunday, they're set up to have a theme. Did anybody notice a theme in today's scriptures? What it may have been talking about. Right. He is not pleased with false Agreed. Doesn't want false worship. Isn't pleased with it. Any other themes that you saw? Resurrection. Resurrection is a theme. There's going to be struggle. Tribulation. Tribulation. The end is nigh. The end is nigh. Persevere. Persevere. Now, y'all are picking up on some, on some good things. Uh, if I were going to sum it up, which I don't want to give away too much about what I'm going to talk about, but, but I'd say that there was a, a theme of, of judgment, a final judgment in there. You know, not every, not every sentence, not even every scripture was focused on that, but that was kind of, you know, I was kind of through the whole thing. Now, you may be sitting there, <laughs> And you, I don't know if you're a Christian or not, but when if we're going to talk about final judgment, you may be thinking it's about time for a late late breakfast, or you may not be excited about it, whether you're a Christian or not. And I just I want to acknowledge that I wasn't excited when I started preparing for this. I'm a little bit uh, more glad now. But if you're not a Christian, uh, I just want to pr- prepare you for something. I just want to give a little bit of background uh, for what I'm getting into. I, I want you to know, if you're not a Christian, if, if you're not sure that you're in on all the things that church is talking about this morning, I, I want you to know that we as Christians are really glad to be Christians. And we recommend it very highly. Um, I, I want to dispel a rumor that's out there. There's, there's a rumor that, that says if you become a Christian, that everything's going to go great for you. And I want, I want to tell you, some of you may say amen to this, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, there's testimony from the congregation. It doesn't. It, uh, we're, we're not Christians because everything is just going wonderfully for us and we win the lottery every week. But I tell you what, it's a heck of a lot better than any other option that's out there. It is a better option than anything else out there. And and we're glad, we're glad that we're in and we highly, highly recommend it. Um, It's it's the the similar kind of a, a fairy tale that says if you marry your soulmate, you'll live happily ever after. I married, I want y'all to know, very well. And she came into it willingly. (laughs) And as good as our relationship is, and I would not trade it, this is the most amazing relationship with the most amazing person that I know. It's not a fairy tale. And happily ever after doesn't exist like Disney says it does. But I would not trade it. I hope that wasn't my wife that said that. (laughs) 
I wouldn't trade it. And, and we as Christians, we wouldn't trade it. All right? So you need to know that. And if you're not a Christian, I get it. You know, you haven't, you, you haven't found what, what we have found. But that's backdrop. The letter to the Hebrews that we read from this morning, and the Hebrews were the Jewish Christians. This was written very early when, when most of the Christians were out there. Most of the Jesus followers were Jewish. And so this was a letter written to them. It underscores that even for Christians, life doesn't go happily ever after, but it is the best thing going. And so here we go. We started with, huh, huh, what? Right. We're waiting. So we started with um, a verse in chapter 10. We started in, in 1031. I'm going to you may notice 1031 isn't on the screen. That's because I'm going to come back to it and put it in context. 1032. Think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. And for those of you who are Christians, I want you to do that. I want you to think back on the early days. Remember how you remained faithful, even though it meant terrible suffering. Now, for you, that's probably not what it was for the people that this letter was written to. Because we're about to find out how bad it was for them. And I'm betting that most of us haven't had to face this. What they had to face, verse 33, sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten and sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. The, uh, the, the things that the early Christians had to face go, go well beyond what we have. He goes on, you suffered along with those who were thrown into jail for being Christians. And when all you owned was taken from you for being Christians. We haven't had to face that. Um, but, you know, I, I'm willing to bet that, that you face some things and you made choices because you were a Christian that you wouldn't have made before you became a Christian. And you lost out on some things that you would have otherwise had because you were a Christian. It may have been a relationship or relationships. Um, your family may not have wanted you to come to Thanksgiving anymore because you won't shut up. You're, you, you may have missed out on a promotion because you wouldn't cut the unethical corners that your office said you had to cut to get the promotion. You may have missed out on that. I mean, you, I don't know your story. I'm... I'm hoping you didn't have to face being beaten and thrown into jail and having all your stuff confiscated. But I'm betting that, that there were... You, you, you can relate a little bit to this. It resonates with you. Um, but he writes, you accepted it with joy. I don't know if you accepted yours with joy, but, but these people, these believers, even facing what they faced, they accepted it with joy. It was worth the cost. Now, if you're not a Christian, I want you to start thinking about why were these people joyful in the midst of the hardships that they were facing? What made it worthwhile for them? 
If you think that, that this, this stuff in church is just a farce and it's just another way and it's just, I don't know of other ways that, that bring this. So I want you to think about it. Just putting it out there. And the reason that these people accepted this stuff with joy is they knew there were better things waiting for them that will last forever. It was worthwhile. Even though it was hard at the time, it was worthwhile because of someday. Someday things are, are going to get better and it's going to last forever. All right. I expected those things that they were talking about, you know, that these better things that were waiting is comes down to the fact that God's going to keep his promises. And God has promised things like he will step in so the righteous will be defended and evil will be overcome. Uh, he's promised things like he will one day give us grace when we really need it. He's promised that his kingdom will overcome all other kingdoms on the planet. He's promised that the whole earth and everyone in it will function the way it was supposed to function from the very beginning. When, and then we blew it. And it's been messed up and off kilter ever since. He's promised that enemies will be overcome, that death will be overcome. He's promised that sorrows will ultimately be comforted. And promises like those made these temporary things okay. Because their hope was in what would happen. Now, even though you and I haven't faced what they're facing, that same joy can be ours. Being a Christian again doesn't mean everything goes perfectly. In, fa in fact, for Christians, things are getting harder out there. But thanks be to God, we've got better promises. And that we aren't facing what a lot of people around the world are. But even for them, they've got promises. Um, salvation, being born again, getting a brand new heart with a brand new relationship with the God who made it is the best thing going, even with the hardships that, that we face. It is God's plan A for the world, and there is no plan B. Everybody, everywhere, is invited to participate. Everybody who gets in gets in the same way. Everybody's invited. Everybody gets in the same way, and everybody gets the same reward. You get to share in the promises that are given, including, as Daniel in the scripture that we read talked about, you get to be rescued in the final judgment. I'll talk about that in a minute. God has let us know that one day, whether or not you believe it, whether or not you subscribe to it, that there is going to come a time when every person is going to stand before him and be accountable for everything they've done and thought and said. And you're not judged by your interpretation of what's right. You're judged by his now, if you don't believe that, it doesn't matter. 
You don't have to believe in gravity, but it's still working. You don't have to believe that this will happen, but God said it would. Nobody is exempt, even if you don't believe it. Every person who has ever lived will be judged according to God's standards. How our conduct compares to his expectations. God has even given everybody a, a, a means. Even if you're not a Christian, even he's, he's given everybody a, a means. He's given us all a conscience. Paul wrote to the, to the Romans, trying to help them develop their understanding of how things work. He said, even Gentiles, even non-Jewish people, can you believe non-Jewish people are, are loved by God? Even Gentiles who don't have God's written law show that they know his law when they instinctively obey it, even without having heard it. They demonstrate that God's law is written on their hearts. For their own conscience and thoughts either accuse them when, when they, they're doing bad and they know it. Even little kids, even little toddlers, when they're doing, have you ever, have you ever watched them? And they know they're doing something and they know they're not supposed to, even though they don't understand it and they can't put words around it, right? They know. They're like, all of a sudden it gets secret, you know, uh oh, it's real quiet. That's not good. What are they doing? Right? You, you've seen that. And, and it works in adults too. Adults know. Their conscience either accuses them or tells them they're doing right. They know. Unless by ignoring it for so long and time after time, they sear their own consciences. For those that ignore their conscience, they better beware. They're still going to appear before God and be judged according to his standards. They are responsible. And that's why Paul started in, uh, not Paul, uh, in, in Hebrews, our reading started with verse 31. It says, it's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of the living God. The context that he's been talking about is there's a judgment that you've got to face. And if that doesn't make you quake in your shoes, you're not thinking about it the right way. I don't care who you are. A lot of people today don't believe that. And you can tell by how they act, can't you? Because if you think that you're going to get away with it, and that there won't be consequences for it, why not? Do it. Especially if it's for the greater good. It's for my side. It's for our party. It's for, you know, this is the, the way it should be. I'm justified. I don't care which side of the aisle you're on or if you don't even play that game. People will do things that they know are wrong because... They don't have to pay the piper. They, they don't have to face consequences, they think. People steal when they think they can get away with it, right? People lie when they think they can get away with it, right? People will do all kinds of evil 
when they think they can get away with it. And when they don't live in fear of the judgment. And, and by that, yeah, there's a side of that, that that I really do mean you should be scared. But but the kind of scared you should be is because this is, while God is a loving Father to, to those that come to Him, He's also a holy and righteous and just God. And what He says goes. And when people don't live with that kind of a perspective, that even if nobody on the planet ever finds out that was a lie, or nobody on the planet could ever trace it back to me, Jesus said that God even knows what goes on in secret. Do you know that in the early days of our country, nobody, well, let's, let's put it this way. You were expected to have a fear of eternal judgment before you were elected to any office or appointed to any position. Because those that didn't have a fear of eternal judgment, who knows what they would do? If they didn't think they were accountable for their actions, they might do things in secret that they shouldn't do. So that was the expectation. People were not elected because of that issue in history. Okay? That's how seriously earlier generations took this. When people aren't concerned with having to face a holy God, it's easy to do things in secret and then in public that really you should be afraid of doing. Those who follow Jesus, those who have a relationship with God because of Jesus, have a couple of advantages, okay? First of all, we have the advantage of being given a new heart that the Lord God Almighty has sealed us with His Holy Spirit, that that He dwells within us and He's given us a new heart and, and is changing us from the inside out. I don't know about you, but I definitely think differently than I did before. And it started right away. I didn't immediately just the, the next morning wake up and I was perfect. I still haven't woken up that way. But I started a, a, a transition in the things that I used to think were okay. Well, I started realizing, well, they're not okay. And I started changing. I'm willing to bet y'all did too. Those of you who are Christians... God starts working on you. He starts changing how you think. He starts changing the things that that you set your heart on. The things that are important change. You become a different person. A a, a person that's more like Him. A person that, that acts and talks and thinks and speaks more like Jesus because He's alive in you, changing you. Right? That's an enormous advantage that Christians have. When God is forming you himself to become someone who's more and more like him, then you're less and less likely to do the things that get you into trouble. It doesn't mean you don't do it. It doesn't mean I don't. But the odds get better, don't they? 
There are things I don't do that I used to do. Anybody with me? Okay, few of us out there. That's an advantage. Um, hopefully we don't lie and steat and shield and kill and, and all that because we recognize, hmm, God's changing me. Two, Jesus makes a way for us to make it through that judgment. You're still going to face it. It's going to be embarrassing. It's going to break your heart. It's going to break his heart. But you make it through it. God told Daniel this. At, at that time, and he's looking at, at the end of days when, with, with the judgment it kind of wrapped into the whole big picture. At that time, every one of your people whose name is written in the book will be rescued. That, that means, you know, if we're going to put it into our language today, everybody who's, who, who trusts in Jesus, everybody who believes that he's the Messiah, everybody who, who follows him and knows him, whether it actually happens that your name is written in a book, that's, that's the picture that he's taking it. Your, your name's written in a book. If your name's in the book, you get rescued. When do you need to get rescued? When it's bad. Okay? Trust me, I'm, I'm betting none of us are going to walk into that courtroom, however that looks, with a smile on our face and our head tilted back. I think we're probably going to walk in with the enormity of what we're facing because we know who we've been in secret. And when it's bad, you will be rescued. When it's bad, you will be rescued. Many of those whose bodies lie dead and buried will rise up. Some... To what? Everlasting life. Everybody? Some. Because some to shame and everlasting disgrace. Don't be one of those. You have an out. There may be questions that you can't answer and that we can't answer for you when it comes to Jesus and and the church and, you know, there's some mystery about the whole thing. However, I'm here to tell you it's real. I'm here to tell you this is a much better life than I ever had before and that I see out there as a possibility for what I could have now. I'm in and I'm not leaving. Okay? And there are benefits. Don't be one of the ones who... who, who Faces shame and everlasting disgrace. They're told this. Those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky. There are those who lead many to righteousness. There are those who lead many to do the right things. There are those who lead many to, to learn of a better way in a different way. And they'll shine like the stars forever. It's a lot better. There is a connection between doing God's will and receiving God's promises. There is. It says it here. Don't throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you if you 
trust in the Lord. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then, if you continue to do God's will, you will receive all that he's promised. There's a connection between doing God's will and receiving God's promises. You can't walk the aisle, pray a prayer, and then do whatever the heck you want and live like you used to live and receive God's promises. And you have to face that sometime. My advice, face it early. Why? For in just a little while, the coming one will come and will not delay. Do you know why he's delaying right now? Mercy, because Scripture tells us he wants all to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. And we're told that he is delaying his return so that you can come. God's waiting on you. That's good news. If you just came here this morning because your family did or you had a sleepover and and the family that you're staying with comes or you were promised lunch afterwards and that's why you came, guess what? It gets better. God's waiting on you. My righteous ones will live by faith, God says, and I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. It breaks God's heart when people turn away. God is not mean. God loves you with, with all of his heart. He sent Jesus for you. He's given you the opportunity. Everybody's invited. Everybody gets in the same way by trusting in Jesus. Everybody gets the same reward. You get rescued. God's not mean. He's just. We're not like those who turn away from God. And when you turn away from God, what do you turn to? Their own destruction. Things don't go well. It may look like it's going to go well for a time. Well, we got the one we wanted and, and our, we closed the deal and, you know, we became millionaires and, but it's temporary. Let me tell you, it's temporary. It does not last forever. You cannot take that stuff into the afterlife. In the afterlife, you face a holy God and you're called to account. But for those of us who, who know him, who trust in him, we're not better than anybody else, but we're the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. Not because we're better, not because we're smarter, but thank goodness we're able to figure out that a life with Jesus is better than anything else on the planet now, and one day will be the best thing ever, because God's promises are true. It's an amazing promise for Jesus' followers. Be glad if you are one. You're saved from your previous life before God. You're saved from living without God's wise rules. You have those. You can live a better life now. You don't have to lie and cheat and look out for number one by stepping on others. You're saved from the future consequences in the judgment. It's a better deal, y'all. 
If you're not a Christian, I invite you to reconsider. It's better now. Remember, those people who faced the things that they faced and getting thrown in jail and all their stuff taken away and getting beaten because they were Christians still had joy. That's a better life. Let me tell you, that is a better life than what you're living right now. It is. It's richer. It's deeper. It's, it's fueled by something that you don't understand. And you can find it by coming to Jesus. It's, and, and it's going to pay off forever. As a Christian, you find a relationship with a Heavenly Father who loves you. You'll find more love in your life, more peace in your life, more joy. You'll be more kind, more gentleness, more faithfulness, more self-control. Those things are things that He grows in you when you say yes. So I invite you. I invite you, if you're not in already, come. Come. Take a step closer. My step was saying, God, if this is true, I want in. That was my step. I didn't realize how how quickly things would change. Take a step. It's much better with Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I know that there are those who are among us this morning who give thanks to you because they found out that you're real and true and that as much time as as some of us spend in church without having a relationship with you, when we found Jesus, we found a relationship with you. And God, we praise you and thank you for that. There are those sitting here among us, oh God, that don't know that. There are questions that, that they want answered. And God, I know that Somehow, someday you can answer questions. But what you ask for is for us to come. You ask for us to say yes. You ask for us to trust. And and I pray that you'd help them to take a step. To take a step to trust and to find out if you're a real God that can answer real questions through Jesus. My testimony is, yes, you are. You are that God. So for those of you who don't yet know, may God give you the grace to take a step and find out at solid ground when you step toward Jesus. Meet them, O Lord, where they are. I pray that you'd answer questions as they come. you transform lives for them as you have for thousands of years. Thank you for rescuing us. Amen. Amen. Now we're about to stand and uh, go through the Nicene Creed together. It says things about we believe certain things. And like we said yesterday, if you were here at, at the funeral, for some of you, it's an opportunity for you to re-up in this relationship and to declare that you do believe these things. For some of you, 
even though you may have said this a thousand times, this is your day to do it with a new heart and a new life to say, oh, God, I'm willing to take a step closer when I say this. So I encourage all of you, let's stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed.